Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places close to our home. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Today's episode discusses fantastic food and drink that you can experience when traveling in London, England. From fine dining to traditional British eats, from pub hopping to alternative eateries, If it's foodie-focused in London, we're going to talk about it on today's episode. We'll share some of our favorite places to eat and drink, introduce you to London's budding restaurant scene, and give you a few tips for planning your food tour of London. So pour yourself a tea, grab a scone, and listen in as we explore the culinary delights of one of our very favorite major cities of the world. And one of our favorite things to do, which is eat. We were inspired by the popular Netflix show called Somebody Feed Phil. If you've seen this classic sitcom, Everybody Loves Raymond, you're familiar with this artist's work. Hosted by comedy writer Phil Rosenthal, the show Somebody Feed Phil follows him around the world as he visits different countries and indulges in local cuisines. From sushi in Tokyo to empanadas in Buenos Aires... Phil captures his experience with enthusiasm, with humor. He makes it easy to get inspired to explore the world of culinary offerings. We absolutely enjoy this show. In one episode, we watched him visit notable food stops in London, England. So we watched this episode again shortly before our trip to London and planned the visit several of the same eateries that Phil had visited while he was in London. Yeah, so this episode here may be called Somebody Feed Julie and Art, as we do our own spin on eating. It was an interesting journey. It really was. Our first stop on our London food tour is Dishoom Restaurant. We're huge fans of Indian cuisine, and Dishoom was one of the restaurants featured on the London episode of Somebody Feed Phil. This popular Indian restaurant has several locations in the city, we stopped at their Kensington location. Arriving around 5 p.m., we were able to get inside without a reservation. We weren't sure exactly if um, Mm -hmm. it was going to be crowded or not, but it worked out okay. Inside, the atmosphere is warm and inviting with dark wood accents and comfortable seating, and it has an interior design influenced by the Art Deco style of 1940s Bombay. The menu... Features traditional Indian flavors enhanced with modern cooking techniques to create a unique take on classic Indian dishes. Oh, it's delicious. And while Phil sampled dishes with bacon, lamb, and chicken during his visit, we're pescatarians, so we had to choose some different foods, and we looked for some different offerings on the menu, and this menu has robust options for vegetarians Mm -hmm. and pescatarians like us. We also ordered some beer that accompanied our meal. The Bandit Pale Ales were light, very refreshing, and very easy to drink with a low alcohol content level. We should have had more than one. Well, that's not our style. No. 
We just drink because it tastes good. We almost ordered the samosas for an appetizer, but we got those so often when we eat Indian food that we decided to do something different because that was so typical for us and we're trying to kind of jump out of that comfort zone. So we chose the house chaat as a starter. It is sweet potatoes, beets, yogurt, pomegranate seeds, has greens in it, carrots, it had a beautiful flavor of mint, and it served with three different sauces on the side. It was by far our most favorite item that evening. It was absolutely amazing. The other food items that we ordered was something called gunpowder potatoes, a chili broccoli salad with red chilies, pumpkin, pistachio, dates, lime, and honey. We also ordered their signature black doll, which they cook for 24 hours. All of this was amazingly good. Popular dishes at Deshoom include the house black doll, okra fries, grilled meats, and biryanis. And while we didn't have it, we hear the house chai is a must order. And we couldn't leave without trying dessert, of course. So we selected the basmati kheer. It was silky. It was a caramelized rice pudding. And it had infused in it this wonderful vanilla coconut milk, cardamom, and cashews. And it was topped with blueberry compote. It was not overly sweet. It was the best rice pudding I think we've ever had. It was phenomenal. Yeah, and because I don't like things that are overly sweet. So it was perfect. Yeah, we usually don't get dessert when we go out no. to eat at restaurants. So but this we're on was vacation. this was light. Yeah. And just so delicious. It was yeah. great. Yeah. We also had an amazing time with the staff. They were absolutely phenomenal. Especially a gentleman that we met there whose name was AJ. He added to the atmosphere like no other. He was just absolutely fun on fire just had a wonderful demeanor about her. We just loved this guy. He was great. When I think about the time we spent in London and then we actually spent several weeks traveling Europe, the staff there, they were probably like the most engaging, fun staff out of any restaurant we visited during our entire vacation. They were wonderful. We did run into a tipping learning moment at Deschum. So like many restaurants in the city, they add a 12.5% tip automatically, which is fine for us. However, we had this interesting situation where because the staff was so phenomenal, we wanted to tip more, but we weren't carrying any British cash with us. We only had our credit cards and our Apple Pay, and we found out that adjusting the bill to accommodate a larger tip seemed out of the ordinary. Very out of the ordinary. And they were really taken aback they by said, that. They said they couldn't do they it. They couldn't do it. So we, again, wanted to leave more money. We had U.S. currency with us, so we pulled out some U.S. bills and left that out right. uh, there. So it, it's interesting because in the world today... It's becoming so much easier to travel without cash. And this trip, in fact, our entire time in London, we did that whole trip without using any British currency at all. It was almost all Apple Pay. There was a couple of times where we had to pull out a credit card. We didn't have cash, but this would be like one of those times where cash would have come in handy, would be for like extra tipping. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. something to know there. Also inside the shoom, there's a loft above the main dining room where they have live music, particularly jazz, which plays on certain nights of the week. So if you like 
live music. You're going to find that at the Shoom. They also sell a cookbook if you want to keep enjoying this type of food on your return home. And we will be making the chat in our kitchen, which was in that book. And what does this shoom mean, one might ask? Apparently, it's an Indian word used in Bollywood films to represent the sound made when the hero's fist hits an opponent's flesh, like our word kapow in English. Kapow, dishoom. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. So Dishoom was as fantastic as we imagined from watching the London episode of Somebody Feed Phil. Mm -hmm. We enjoyed it. We would go back in a heartbeat. And if mm -hmm. you're in London, we uh, recommend Highly you recommend it. check out Dishoom. Our next restaurant that we're going to speak of is called Le Fils Kitchen. It is where Phil Rosenfall had breakfast. So we had our breakfast there one morning in London. This is the Lancaster Gate area, and it is a real great place for a healthy meal, a good cup of coffee with some great food. They have a really, really nice breakfast menu that offers cereals, parfaits, avocado toast, pesto zoodles. Zoodle would be a noodle made from zucchini, a zoodle savory crepes, and Middle Eastern offerings. We started with a latte, that was mine, and then an Americano for Arthur. And I had the buckwheat and spinach crepes. So I ended up with a savory crepe, and it was served with a poached egg, some avocado, and some grilled hulumi cheese, which was absolutely fantastic. I love that cheese. The crepe looked more like a flat pancake, and it was all very delicious. This is the type of breakfast we don't have available where we live in Simi Valley, California area. Arthur had the Bircher Parfait. And what did you think of that one, honey? I really enjoyed it. It was overnight oats topped with rhubarb, strawberry jam, granola, Greek yogurt, and strawberries. And it's something that we can recreate at home, which I intend to do, but it would be helpful to have kind of like an ice cream sundae type of goblet to serve that in, which is how they did it. So somebody might be ordering some of those. Or I could put it in a glass, I suppose, too. That works we'll as well. Yeah. We, we're breaking glasses lately. We probably need some We nails. are. So they have uh, great offerings. They're very healthy offerings. Natura fruits and lots of vegetables. A very wide assortment of patisseries. They had cakes. There was just so much there that you could choose from. Yeah, a really nice breakfast stop. Yep. Speaking of breakfast, we're going to mention another place, one of the other places we stopped at for breakfast, and this is the Antipode Cafe Australian Coffee Bar, just south of Hammersmith Station. This shop is known for artisan coffees, smoothies, sandwiches, and more. And our breakfast when we stopped at Antipode was the Antipode Smash for Julie, which had avocado heirloom tomatoes and a balsamic glaze on sourdough toast. And I had my first ever shakshuka. I had never heard of shakshuka before. Sounded interesting and kind of like the savory crepe you had at Lay Fields. One of the things we try to do when we eat while traveling is try foods that are different than what is available to us at home. So I've never seen shakshuka near Simi Valley, California. And this was just wonderful. It was poached eggs in kind of a spicy tomato and harissa sauce. It was tamed a bit with yogurt and there was sourdough toast there. If you like 
Indian types of foods, Middle Eastern foods with a bit of a kick and want a breakfast version. Shakshuka is is a new thing on my radar. I have tried to make one a couple Mm -hmm. of weeks ago Mm -hmm. here at the house. With less kick. Had less kick, so I got to work on that. Give a little more kick. Mm -hmm. The coffees at Antipode were very enjoyable. We had lattes that day. And they also have a variety of ways to get your coffee, including V60 drip. So if you like yours that way, you can get it there. And you noticed, Julie, that our Americanos came in these cups that were 100% recyclable material. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it fascinated me. Yeah. Because it was something that had a hot liquid in it and... It didn't degrade in any way whatsoever, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, and the re- reusable, recyclable material. Yeah, kind of unique yeah. construction. Mm-hmm. And for music fans, there was a nicely used stereo system piping loud jazz and electronica when we were there, although a few decibels lower, and we would have eaten inside versus outside. It was there, it was played at a, at a very healthy volume. And I also spied a turntable on which the uh, the barista there said they occasionally do spin vinyl records. So if you enjoy music, they do too. We did sit outside where we watched the passerbys en route to Hammersmith Station. And, uh, it was a little loud, a little bit loud because there was a lot of cars in that area. But I had my recorder going and picked up some more soundscapes of the London ambiance. Mm-hmm. And that'll be appearing in certain recordings in the coming months, stand by. And Antipode, what does that mean? So their Facebook page defines this as the exact or direct opposite of something or a place opposite on the globe. So I suppose this being an Australian coffee bar situated in London, England, Mm. it's on the opposite side, Mm -hmm. hence Antipode, there you go. Take us somewhere else, Julie. Let's go to Borough Market. Now, that was a fun and crowded place to be in. We did go there on a weekend, so it was packed pretty much with people. Yeah, how we missed this during our first trip to London, I I don't don't know. know. It was fantastic. So this was our lunch stop. We decided to come over here for our lunch stop and also just to peruse the market itself because we we had heard about it. We saw it on Somebody Feed Phil. That's right. So this is absolutely a food lover's paradise. It has something for everyone. While we have the famous farmer's market in Hollywood, California, the borough's market in London is very, very different. Hard to explain how, but it's very different. Bigger. It's huge. Faster. It's huge. It had more. It It had had more foods. It had more different type of varieties of foods. I mean, it was just amazing. It was amazing. Farmer's market on steroids. This fantastic market also offers fresh produce, meats, cheeses, prepared foods. The variety of cuisines available is vast, as as I mentioned before. The atmosphere is buzzing. So much energy as locals come here for a bite to eat or to purchase their food to take home. So as we were walking around and and passing through the crowds, trying to see everything that we could, we saw this incredible seafood. There were these cauldrons that were filled with enticing stews and just about anything you could desire regarding food. Ultimately, we chose to have some pie minister savory vegan pies Yours was a Mockadoodle vegan chicken pot pie, and I had a jackfruit 
with a sauce in it that was just, it was really good. It was yeah. really good. Yeah. It, it just didn't taste, I don't know if anybody knows what jackfruit is, but you put flavors into it mm -hmm. to flavor up the jackfruit, and it's mostly for the texture. It's supposed to be more meat-like. Yeah. So it, But the sauce was incredible. Yeah, so this is one of those things that I think even where we live, it's possible to get pot pies, savory pot pies, but they're almost always meat-based. And I love a good pot pie and finding options that are more along a vegetarian style. If I see that, I'm going to get it because it's rare to find it back home where we live. Enjoyable. Mm -hmm. We also sampled some baked goods at one of the bread stands. You'll find smoothies, fresh fruits and produce, yummy desserts, and more. We went on to another vendor because we kept passing fresh fruit juice vendors and we decided that we were going to have one. So I, mine was a ginger apple lemon and you had the orange apple lemon and it was delicious. I don't, I don't know what it was that made it so good, but I've had fruit drinks before, but this one was just amazing. I yeah, it was it. all made with, you know, fresh fruit on the spot and fresh and refreshing. Yes. Yes. Now, the trick is trying to find somewhere to sit down. Yeah, because it's so crowded, like you mentioned. Yeah. And, you know, just to, if you can kind of picture this scene in your head, it's just this incredibly sized area, kind of like multiple buildings almost, that transcend a couple of streets, and it's just vendor after vendor after vendor after vendor, hardly any, like, formal seating right. area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... Um, With... Immense yeah. amount of people there. So yeah. it was very hard to find a seat. We ended up just sitting on a curb somewhere yep. and eating our it worked. our pie ministers there. It offers more than just food, though. It's a great place to mingle, to people watch. Overall, Borough Market is a great place to spend an afternoon in London. Our next stop was not on Somebody Feed Phil. I think we may be done with our Somebody Feed Phil stops. We did find a Polish restaurant. So our last time in London, we ate at a place called Dakis. Phenomenal Polish food restaurant. This time we decided we were going to try another one that was close by. I think it's in the Kensington area called Ognisko. That was interesting. Yeah. So Ognisko is just south of Hyde Park and it's a place where you can taste traditional Polish cuisine and me being of Polish heritage and not having, it's the kind of cuisine, at least on the Western side of the United States, you don't see very often. My mom makes Polish cuisine from time to time and from time to time we make it at home, but it's not often we find it at restaurants. So if there's an opportunity, we're going to seek it out. The building where Ognisko sits is home to a private Polish club with the restaurant on the downstairs level. And when we arrived, it turned out that the main dining hall was reserved for a private event. So the host seated us in the bar area, gave us the option of ordering from the bar menu, which turned out to be pretty close to the main menu, though not exact. And like you said, Julie, it was interesting. So the table where we sat in the bar area was so small, it couldn't hold all of the food we ordered. So we kind of had to eat our meal kind of in the chef's like one plate at a time. <laughs> And so yeah. that was kind of they, a funky they experience. They were decent. They were very decent yeah. about it. They were trying really hard to accommodate us. It was a different eating experience. Very different. Yeah, that area seemed a little bit more on the 
upscale side of things. Very upscale. Yes. So we were kind of, again, in London, Mm. not quite dressed appropriate for the venue that we were in. Yeah. So it's interesting because before visiting, I did go online to see if there was a dress code because I knew that this place did have like a private club situation. And I did find several reviews on TripAdvisor where people said, hey, I came to eat at Agnisco. I was there in a t-shirt and jeans before a concert. And there was other reviews like that. So I thought, hey, it should be no problem. But upon entering, I kind of felt we may have gotten the visual once over. And that's when we were asked if we had reservations, which we did not. And yeah. that's why we were directed to the bar. Mm-hmm. But, but it, I mean, we could see that in the main dining room, there was a... A group. A, a group. Lot, very large Yeah, group. very large. Yeah. And as you mentioned, kind of upscale, the people entering this building, going upstairs to the private club, were dressed to the nines. Yep, yeah. We were talking bow ties, evening gowns. It almost looked like they were going to the uh, Academy Awards. There was even a little bit of a to-do with somebody who entered in I think who was looking for seating and was denied. Yeah, so it was an interesting place. A little bit loud, a little bit weird for a minute. A quick mention on the food that we had here. So we started with salad of golden and red beetroots. We had blinis with marinated herring. We do love our herring. Again, something we don't find often back home. We had something called kopitka dumplings, which were prepared with chestnuts and forest mushrooms, I love my forest mushrooms. These were kind of reminiscent of gnocchi, I thought, you know, the yeah. Italian gnocchi, yeah, yeah. something like that. And at the end of our meal, you kind of said, hey, we haven't had pierogi. Why so. are we here and not eating pierogi? I was, that was stumped me. So after we ate what we ordered, you called the, the server person back yeah. to our table and yeah. said, we're not done. We're going to get an order of pierogi. <laughs> well, we weren't sure we could get it. So I just asked him. I said, yeah. hey, can we have some pierogi? He mm-hmm. was like, sure. Yeah. These were some of the creamiest that I've yeah. ever had in my life. So prepared different than what I'm used to, but very delicious. And then we capped the night off there with, uh, you had a wine. Mm-hmm. And I had something called a raspberry nalefka. And that's kind of like an infused where they take spirit, infuse it with fruit. In this case, it was raspberry. Very common alcoholic beverage in Poland. Another thing you can't buy in the United States, but I can and I do make it at home. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes. Not with raspberries yet. We've had all kinds of different types and maybe raspberries in the future. And a fun fact, Her Majesty, the Queen, when she was alive, once visited Ognisko Restaurant. Yes, she did. Yes. Our next stop that we're going to talk about is the Beauchamp. We found this next restaurant one evening as we decided it was going to be fish and chips night. When in London, at least one night, you've got to do the fish and chips. Yes. Starting near Piccadilly Circus, we walked west across Hyde Park, thinking it would be a few minutes before we came upon a restaurant with fish and chips. You know, that's something you think you would find quite often in London. I thought it would be like on every block. Yes, but we walked and we walked. We walked past the Albert Memorial, all the way past Hyde Park, and then Harrods. And then we walked some more. Where was the fish and chips? <laughs> we were so surprised 
that it took so long to find some fish and chips. We probably walked for an hour at it least, don't un- you think? It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, though, we wandered to the Knightsbridge area and we found a place where we could walk through the doors into kind of an eclectic and trendy atmosphere at the Bechamp restaurant. There was a lot for the eyes to see when you walked into this restaurant. There's art on the walls, very colorful, with even the ceiling painted in bright colors, and the seating is more furniture-like than what you typically find in a restaurant. On one side was a well-stocked bar, plus a second bar downstairs. There was an upright piano next to the coffee bar station, and on the other side, you have a reading area near a fireplace if you want to relax and have a cocktail. The table was a chessboard with a selection of those coffee table-type books for you to browse through. This restaurant offers British pub style and European cuisines with a modern twist. It was a very interesting restaurant. The ambiance is sophisticated, kind of refined, making it a perfect spot for a special occasion or a romantic dinner. We decided to split the order of the traditional fish and chips. That's us, because we know how much fish and chips there is. They seem to always bring a lot. Well, not only that, I mean, your typical calorie count for a meal of fish and chips, and and I'm one of those rare people who kind of pay attention to that, the typical dinner is more calories than I consume in an entire day. And even though, I mean, God, we walk so much in London, I could probably have two orders of fish and chips and it'd be fine. Yeah. I don't know. I think something about that maybe inspired us to just not be too heavy. So we split that. Well, but but that wasn't all that we got either. That wasn't all we got. And it wasn't that heavy feeling that we get if we eat too much. Mm-hmm. It's not something we enjoy. So we've yeah. learned, you know, to kind of pace ourselves. Yeah. So we were talking about fish and chips. It came with this buttery cod. It was so nice served with some green beans and some tartar sauce. We also had an order of the mushroom risotto, which was very good, and we paired that with Guinness, of course, because that's one of our favorite drinks. Mm -hmm. It had a very comfortable seating area. I really enjoyed the experience in this restaurant. It was very inviting, very friendly. The staff was very friendly. You just felt comfortable being in there, so it was... Some place I would recommend, and it was also fairly new. So they had opened up pretty recently after we had made our visit there. Super comfortable atmosphere inside. Yeah. Yeah, the the kind of atmosphere where you just want to hang out and stay longer than you typically do at a a restaurant, I I thought. It was very nice. The last specific stop we're going to mention is where we had our last meal while staying in London, and that's a restaurant called D'Afrique. So we wanted to choose our final dinner at a place near our lodging. We were staying at a place called the Star Hotel, just north of Hammersmith Station. And just a short walk north of the hotel is this unique restaurant that offers a fusion of African and European cuisines, emphasizing Ethiopian food. As you step inside, there's a tantalizing aroma of spices wafting through the air. The atmosphere has traditional African decor and modern accents. The lady who served us recommended a licorice tea, which was different, and that was really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Smelled wonderful. And we ordered on the menu what is called the Bebia Netu Amilti. 
What is that? So it's an assortment of vegetarian sides. You've got lentils, you've got salads, green beans, cooked greens on this. If you, if you picture in your mind, like around pizza, the thing it's served on might be even bigger than a typical mm -hmm. pizza. The bottom has this spongy bread called injera. The sides are placed on top of that, and then you get extra injera. And you eat it by by taking the spongy bread. There's no utensils. Right. And you, you just... You use pick, your hands. You pick up your, your injera, a piece of it, and you take the injera and you place it over the food item that you want, and you pick it up with the spongy bread, with yeah. the injera. Yeah. It's so fun. It is. Yes. It's yeah. great. Now, this is one of those types of foods that we do have available to us. So in Hollywood, California, there's an area of the Fairfax district that is known as Little Ethiopia. I think the first time mm -hmm. we ever had Ethiopian food was mm -hmm. there, mm -hmm. and we had this exact same type of dish. And then, uh, I don't know, a year and a half, two years ago, we were visiting in Texas mm -hmm. and near Austin. We sought out Ethiopian. I just love this type of food. Yeah. We thought that we had spotted an Ethiopian restaurant right on the street where the Star yeah, Hotel was yeah. and uh, could not find it. We walked and uh, found ourselves walking even more. We didn't walk too far. The area that we were in was a little bit more sketchy, mm -hmm. but it wasn't bad as long as you're not there in the dark, I think. And uh, it, it was fantastic food. The family that works, the restaurant was wonderful. They the, the young lady that was recommending the items for us wasn't real great in English, but she did very well and helped us out. And it was just a small little restaurant that was just really, really nice atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And it was fun. We had a really good time. Yeah. So if you're going to come to Defreak, if you're going to try this Ethiopian food, we would say you best come hungry as it's very filling. And if you've never eaten Ethiopian food, you have to try it. It oh, is just so phenomenal, mm -hmm. wonderful. We've mentioned a few highlights from the restaurants that we visited in London, but there's so much more to try. This global city consists of diverse cultures and cuisines represented by over 170 nationalities living in this bustling metropolis. It's no wonder London's food scene is vibrant and constantly evolving. A few additional must-try meals and beverages we think should be on every tourist menu in London include a full English breakfast. It's a must. This traditional breakfast includes eggs, bacon, sausage, beans, and toast. It is perfectly hearty meal and it'll start your day off just right. Something else you want to try when visiting London, Indian curry. London is packed with Indian restaurants. Today, there's more curry restaurants in London than in Delhi and Mumbai combined. Britain's curry tradition stems from the 18th century when the East India Trading Company began frequenting India and brought back spices such as turmeric, cumin, and coriander. Today, there's countless variations of curry dishes you can find in London, it's a beloved comfort food for many British people, and it's become ingrained in their culinary culture. In our last episode, we mentioned London's Chinatown. If you want to sample Asian food, this is probably the place to do it. There are so many restaurants in this bustling area, and it's a perfect place to add a taste of Asia to your food tour. 
No trip to London is complete without indulging in a traditional afternoon tea experience. This quintessentially British ritual involves tea, finger sandwiches, scones with clotted cream and jam, and various pastries. And you'll find numerous upscale hotels and restaurants that offer this experience. And if you're on a budget, you can also opt for more affordable afternoon tea options at local cafes. All right, a quick fun fact. Most people associate cheese with France. But did you know that the UK has more types of cheese and a broader range of flavors than their neighbors across the channel of France? I did not know that. I didn't either. So there you go. Now I do. And aside from food, there's also some quintessential British drinks that you have to try when in London. Of course, there's the traditional English breakfast tea that I mentioned, but if you want something stronger, try a pint of ale or cider at a local pub. In recent years, London's become known for its craft beer scene, so you can try to check out some of the microbreweries in the city, and for a taste of something genuinely British, try a glass of Pim's, a refreshing gin-based cocktail that's a staple at summer events. So there you go. There is our food recap from our most recent trip to London. Yes, London is a great place to visit for its history, its sights, its attractions. And it's an equally exciting place for exploring an extensive culinary culture. Bring your appetite and be prepared to try new foods. So thanks for listening to this episode. We appreciate it. If you're not subscribing to us yet, Take a minute to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite source for podcasts where you can catch our future episodes. You can also subscribe to our travel stories and information on our website, theplaceswherewego.com. And it's also where you can subscribe to our newsletter for weekly travel news highlights curated for you by us. Join us on our next episode where we're going to be back in London bringing you more stories from our recent travel to the wonderful city. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. Until next time, happy travels, and we hope to see you at the places where we go. If you have any comments or information to share with us about travel, you can write to us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram as The Places Where We Go. You can find us on Twitter as The Places Where One, the number one. And you can watch our travel adventures on YouTube, where our channel name is The Places Where We Go. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at The Places Where We Go. See you next time. Bye now.